good week, Monday, Tuesday, depending on when you're listening to this. Good, uh, hello, top of the whatever. (laughs) I am Ben Baron. Greetings, Internet. I am Jay Goldberg. This is another episode of The Circuit, and today's subject is an event that Jay and I were at last week, uh, an Intel event, their event called Innovation, which used to be IDF, uh, very developer as well as, call it, uh, ISV focus. They had a lot of partners there, a lot of customers uh, they had a whole slew of investors that were there. I saw several of you who I think listened to this uh, this this podcast. Um, interesting event. A lot of stuff's been culminating kind of up to this moment from product news and announcements that's gone on through this year. Um, but let's start with some of the product discussions. Um, obviously, there was discussion about client with Meteor Lake. There was roadmap discussions about what's going on in data center and sort of this overall drive for more compute, more demand, both at the edge for AI as well as the data center. Um, so let's let's start there. From a product-centric standpoint, what were some of your takeaways on, on what you heard? So I'm, I'm going to start off by saying I'm a little punchy because I, I'm recovering from COVID, so I'm all a little foggy. But I'm going to use it as my excuse to push back a little bit because I think you just described this as an interesting event, which... I'm going to I'm going to question the premise of that a little bit. I wouldn't quite call it an interesting event. There wasn't a lot of real news, I would say. Um, I think I think that was the big takeaway. The stock was down on the event. Most people were expecting something and we really didn't get anything huge. No major announcements, which, OK, that's that's fine. I mean, I can't fault them for that, but it, it wasn't like a really no, no nothing really shocked or surprised which is probably okay. I mean, Intel has done enough surprising and shocking the last few years. The, the you know, they they announced a lot of stuff on their roadmap. They put out some code names. You're better at keeping track of these code names than I am, all these lakes. I get them confused. But there's progress on that roadmap. And, it, you know, I think most people would agree it's, it's in the right direction. Uh, probably the most significant thing that they said was they just confirmed that their manufacturing process was on date, on, on track, 20A, 18A are going along as progress, uh, as sort of as as expected, which is good to hear. They need to say that again and again just to make it sink in. They're they're moving forward on that critical side. Other products that I thought were interesting is on the on the client side, the edge. Uh, they're clearly now in the camp of AI is going to just be something that's built into a, a CPU. Uh, maybe we'll stop. You know, it's technically an SOC, but we'll call them CPUs. AI is just going to be something that's built into these CPUs, which is something that Apple's been doing for, you know, since M1, so three, four years now. Uh, AMD has talked about this a lot. I think this is going to be a big push on Qualcomm's part as they're ramping up to do more in PC. So AI just becomes something that is a standard feature in a CPU. Mm. And uh, that's you know, acknowledging reality. It's an important trend. Intel's not first here, but it's good to see they're on board. Uh, And then on the data center side, I'm struggling to come up with anything really exciting. They announced, you know, a few updates to the product portfolio, the roadmap. Um, 
Yeah, I'm I'm struggling. I'm scratching my head. I can't think of anything really super significant on that front other than just sort of more of what they've been talking about for a while now. Yeah. So I, I think there's a there's a few things, right? There's the overarching theme, which we know isn't new, but just Intel trying to make sure that they're right there in the AI conversation. Um, you know, they highlighted their their Gaudi product, which uh, did some good benchmarks on Hugging Face. Um, obviously, there's some nuance to those benchmarks, but they they sort of discussed there. I think they just wanted to make it clear they have an option in training. Um, they want to be in that conversation, so that's why I think that was there. Uh, to, to, to me, Me- Meteor Lake, which is which is discussed and then on the imminent of being available in client products is, is really interesting to me. You know, it's not new. People knew Meteor Lake was coming. We knew that the architecture of this is, is different. It's their first uh, chiplet architecture. But that, to me, is sort of a big deal. Like, how is this going to perform? This is the first time they've got this type of a client design. And I think there will be a lot of eyes on um on its performance so we're we're closer to that i think that's uh that's relevant but but you you kind of got some of these underlying themes from them in terms of the product roadmap right discussing where packaging and and their their designs using chiplet which which we'll talk about later but designs using chiplets are part of how they're going to get to a trillion transistors in 10 years, right? You just can't do that on a monolithic die. Um, so they're talking about how they're approaching, in this case, data center, with a much more solutions-based approach and mixing and matching all of these different tiles and, uh, and, and different products, sometimes different architectures, and moving them together to create you know, a, a competitive product. So... A little bit more clarity just kind of came out on what the roadmaps for those are. Obviously, the big you know sort of question is how do they perform? But you can see they're talking more about products that are dedicated with more E cores, with more P cores, and so some of the takes away from those things, since they were disclosed publicly, was back to you know this is how they're they're gonna they're gonna fight with Ampere and some of the ARM based. Um, propositions to low power in the data center, or in this case, custom, you know, custom designs. Um, so yeah, so from a product standpoint, it's like, we knew all that was coming. They sort of officially said, yep, we're launching. These things are on the horizon. You're going to see customers. So that's check these boxes. Now the question comes to, you know, let's try these in the market with a couple of new things that are that are foundational for Intel and, and see how they perform, right? I think that's the next question here regarding product yeah i I mean i I wrote about this in in my in my blog about sort of takeaways from this to to me the most the real takeaway from this event was a preview of how intel is going to position these this next generation of products right in the market right it was a lot of and i I don't think they've ironed everything out yet i don't think they've nailed everything down yet i think this is very much them sort of experimenting with what messages stick trial a little bit of trial and error some messages were hitting better than others, um, but it was interesting. I, I felt it was very much a work in progress, and and not not in the sense that they didn't do their homework. They clearly put a lot of effort into this, but it just like we're early enough in this. Some of these products still aren't going to be out for a while. Some are coming, but some are further out. Uh, it was it was interesting to see them sort of working through this positioning, and I think that's going to be important because uh, they've they've fallen out of these a lot of these conversations, and 
they need to get back in the AI game. And so, of course, they talked a lot about AI and their AI strategy. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought the, their positioning, like I mentioned, around uh, having AI built into the CPU on, on the client is was pretty telling. Right. My, my take on that is they're going to have a problem, I think, differentiating an AI. For sure. They probably aren't going to benchmark quite as well as as they would like. Uh, and so let's just let's just make it a, a feature that consumers don't care about. It's just going to be there, and everyone will assume it's there. And I think that that actually plays to their strength because they're still in a pretty good position in the channel when it comes to client. Consumers know the Intel brand and will still buy it, even if the performance is a little bit less, because they're not doing these you know hyperscale benchmarks. So consumers still care about that. And try, let's try and convince the consumer that you just need some AI. We'll we'll put some AI in there. And just like you don't care about the, how the ALUs, the arithmetic logic units work, you're not going to care how the AI blocks, the neural blocks work. We'll have Intel blocks in there. That'll be good enough for you. And I think for most consumers, that will probably be good enough. Um, I'll, I'll tell you one thing that really stood out for me. I was in a, a, a breakout session on client, on the roadmap, and they were showing competitive benchmarks for a client, and they actually included Qualcomm in their benchmarking. They benchmarked against AMD and Qualcomm. And I thought that was like, I, I thought that was a big gift to Qualcomm because it's it's been uh, Qualcomm has very small share and you know it's hard to take to take their effort seriously they've been working at it for so long and have so little to show for it but here is Intel saying oh yeah here's one of our competitors it's Qualcomm which is a responsible mature thing for Intel to do but at the same time it makes me take Qualcomm much more seriously in in the PC so yeah i saw you tweet that and so the the other bit that's kind of relevant we we touched on this shortly but I'm just going to give all of our listeners a preview because I know more than I can say about what's happening next year. But this AI PC, this idea of an AI PC, start to, start to put that on your radar because you're going to hear a whole lot more about that and some hardware requirements that are not hardware requirements that previously existed um, to run this new AI PC. If you all believe that AI should be infused on your PC at more of a localized level, that's essentially what this 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 is going to manifest itself as. But you're going to hear a lot of people over the next uh, year talk about this term and this category that 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 Intel and, and Pat Gelsinger showcased called the AI PC. And you're right, a huge piece of that is that there's going to be that tops part of that equation because there's a lot of benefits that the neural engine brings or an NPU um, to that conversation. In fact, I want to, I want to make a point because I, I think this is interesting. And then we'll segue into the, the, some of the investor takes because I had a few of them and so did you. So I want to, but everybody looked at this and they said, oh my gosh, Intel has a dedicated unit uh, called the NPU and it's just for AI. Now, the irony of this is that for the past three, three or four years, they have called this a VPU, and it's the exact same thing. They, they just changed the name because everybody else is calling it an NPU, and smartly, wisely so. I, I applaud them to listening to feedback and making this approach, but I thought it was entertaining that a lot of people, including those on the street, looked and said, they built a dedicated unit. It's called the NPU. It's, it's, it's always been there. It's been their VPU. They just renamed it as an NPU because that's what everybody else is doing. But that NPU tops, like we've talked about before, get used to listening to that because it's going to be a talking point of client SOC people over the next uh, 12 to 18 months. 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I did have one one thing on, on training, though, I noticed, is whenever I talk to, to people from Intel around the show about training, anytime or a question came up, most of the time they would say, oh, you know, they, they would sort of not engage. They would not, they would say, oh, you know, we're not emphasizing training at this time. We're talk, here to talk about inference. Um, almost every panel I saw, every question that came up, that was sort of their answer. They sort of... yeah wisely backed away from that market except right in the middle of the floor they had gaudi 2 running against h100 they're running benchmarks right and i and i was like um (laughs) this is what i'm saying they're still they're still trying to find their way around their marketing messages are they in are they in training are they not yeah Uh, so i it's it's a work in progress well they're in training with a long list of caveats (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's essentially that's what right. it goes to. And, and again, that's fine. Um, so you mentioned the stock was down. I thought that was interesting. I read a couple of notes. I had a couple of sidebars with investors. Um, you know, one of the things that I heard, eh, again, not not shocking, but that they were they were hoping that a uh, foundry, a large foundry customer, would have been named. Um, they also had hoped that there was some clarity. So I think I think Intel shared with them. Uh, something around a billion dollar revenue run rate for um, I want to say Gaudi like products, but AI ish inference products. They would have liked to have had a customer name that didn't happen. Um, and I think there was a little bit concerned, not that Intel confirmed any of this, but uh, guy or not, a little concerned that gross margins aren't going to improve as quickly as they had hoped for good reason doing five nodes in four years is extremely expensive. So it will remain a high fixed cost business. But those were a few of the sour notes, I guess I heard um, and, and picked up in, in some of the notes that uh, was for some of the short-term skepticism. Yeah, I, I think just in general, the theme was people were hoping for more and didn't quite sure. get anything substantive, which is, you know, in my mind, very similar to what happened with AMD analyst event three months ago. Right. Same thing. People were hoping um, that they would have more, you know, specific customers named. And I think some of that was, in both cases, some of that's a little premature. You're launching a product today. It's going to be three, four months before customers can really get their hands on it and kick the tires. Or not investors, customers can get kick the tires. Uh, but still, it would have been nice. I think the, the big difference, though, between this event and the AMD event is that AMD had all the customers on stage. At some point, mm. there was someone from you know AWS and somebody from Google and somebody mm. from Microsoft, from Azure. They had Hugging Face. They had right. They had all these celebrities show up. Uh, slightly different event, maybe this for Intel, but still, it we I didn't I didn't feel like there was this. You know, you, you AMD could have credibly claimed that all these people are testing it out. Right. They just right. haven't. They're not ready to sign the contract yet. Didn't didn't get that sense that there was a, a crowd of there's a line outside the Intel door waiting to sign up for these things. Agreed, agreed. I brain farted. Jensen was at and next, not AMD event. That would have been super ironic. <laughs> uh, yeah. All these events, Jay, they get they blur together. Um, yeah, no, I think that was good. But 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 you're right. I, the, the, but the point that you said, right, confirming that the manufacturing process. Um, is is on time was a big takeaway. I think everybody was was really happy about that. Uh, just getting kind of that confirmation that things look good 
for 20 and 18a on a timeline and and that's really when you know if 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 if, if intel gets significant customers that's going to be the time frame right probably mostly 18a maybe some for 20a so po- positive for them on 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 that front um but the you know the other part that stood out and i had mentioned that i was somewhere with intel in, in chandler was there was some really interesting stuff going on in advanced packaging. And just to underscore how important this is, there's been some notes coming out of, uh, of, of Taiwan from Taiwanese press around TSMC scrambling like crazy to secure more capacity for Kowos in order to meet the demand of places like NVIDIA, AMD, um, and a number of, of, of key customers. And I think that, th- that what just just shows is how important packaging is going to be as a part of the manufacturing process because it's different. It's not wafer fabrication. It's assembly of chips on substrate. And and Intel has, so I got a tour of this package, and I'll tell you, it was it was mind-blowing to watch little little tiles of, of wafers, of silicon, in, in little plastic packages that kind of looked like a film, you know, like a movie roll, this little kind of copper-ish, gold looking piece get picked up a set on a board heated mounted and then another one come up and come next to it with emib in the center like that it was just my, fascinating to see and and all that shows the the severe complexity of this chiplet era that we're moving to that I'm just dumbfounded by but there's some interesting things about intel packaging one they're the only foundry that will mix and match tiles. And they are getting a lot of customer demand from people who said, look, I, I, I still want to use a TSMC tile, but I like that you'll let me use f- tiles from multiple, uh, multiple di- different sources. So that's actually a bit of a differentiator. They're investing and solving serious problems on thermal management on that substrate via solder balls and a couple of unique inventions that they created to, to manage warpage of the board. Um, and then they mentioned at this event, uh, which was the NDA part of the thing that I saw and now is available, moving to glass as a substrate from organic. And what I what I didn't know, I mean, again, I'm not a semiconductor designer or engineer or scientist, whatnot, um, is that there's limits to the size of a of chips, basically packaged that you that you can put on organic substrate. So so basically, if you look at a Ponte Vecchio chip or uh, Sapphire Rapids, you know, it's like the size of a, um, like a like a deck, like a deck card. So call it a you know like a jack a, a, a playing deck card. Um, getting much bigger than that gets very difficult. And so the point is, if we're going to make these bigger chips that demand more processing, again back to this trillion transistors, which will only happen with a chiplet disaggregated design. It will not happen on on monolithic. Um, but basically, you know, they they were saying they think they could get to. 240 by 240 square millimeters on one of these things in terms of package on glass substrate. That's 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 big. You know what I mean? Like that's a giant package to do with all sorts of problems from warpage. And their point is you can't do it on organic. You need to move to glass. And they have these crazy machines that they've custom built to crank this glass out and crank these little gra- glass substrate squares together that they're then going to bond and 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 put all of the, the the communications channels down. I mean, you look at it and your whole time you're like, I can't. I like I don't even know how anybody figured any of this out. Like this is such a a challenging problem. But but that's 
those are the kind of things that I think make them attractive as a packaging company because they, they've actually been doing this for longer by necessity because chiplets is how they catch up with the rest of the industry being behind in, in process. And by nature of that, having to catch up using this process, they've actually solved some really hard problems that appears to be very attractive to customers as they start to think about disaggregated design of their own solutions as well. So I thought, I thought all of that was just very, very interesting and, and, and actually very competitive from a packaging standpoint. And I'm separating packaging from process technology. Yeah. So there's, there's, no, there's no question that packaging is going to be an important part of Intel's recovery. Um, you know, their, their manufacturing, we talk about their manufacturing falling behind. It's really what we're talking about there is lithography, uh, you know, plus a couple other things, but it's, it's really the sort of core chip manufacturing, etching, and that, that part of the process. Their packaging has always been pretty advanced. They've always had that capability. And that didn't slow down, you know, sort of. Not at least in comparison to the main Moore's Law thrust of things. So that part of the company's been working just fine, and uh, it's it's good to see that it's they've kept that going, and it's probably, since that's in the best shape from just a process standpoint, it's not surprising that that's going to be the first part that is available to external customers, right? And I think a lot of a lot of the discussion we've seen about IFS and a lot of the rumors we've heard about them winning this customer or that have been on the packaging side, right? I think they, they announced something with Amazon. I think that was publicly announced, certainly rumored. Hope you know, so. They, they signed a they, <laughs> they signed a, a big <laughs> yeah they signed a big contract with AWS a while ago and that was largely about packaging. I mean they they had excess capacity and you know it, it was it still was a win's a win right. So there, there's there is some there there are real signs of somewhere between signs of life and actual momentum sure. on the packaging side and that's going to be important. Um, so it's it's good to hear that that's still going and I'm uh, you know it it would be great if the lithography side of their operations were as up-to-date as as the packaging side, but we seem to be getting narrowing that gap and moving right. forward. And I think what was what was positive, though, was because, you know, to, to the questions that you you and I have had about this, right, and we've mentioned these challenges, you know, you, you have to be a services-led organization. Your customer service has to be off the chart. Um, you have to be willing to kind of really partner and co-invest with these to help them solve some of their challenges as they invest and use your, your your services. And it sounded like from, you know, I didn't get to talk to any of their customers, but just them sort of saying these customer engagements are going well because they like these things that, that we are co-investing with them and that we ourselves have solved these hard problems that they are now starting to realize are solved. Because this, this is kind of the first time that, third parties have really come in and actually got to see, you know, Intel's tool chest, right? The things that are available to others. And again, they, they're telling me this, but what it sounds like from their customers is that people's eyes are being opened to the broader capabilities. And one of their theories, and I've heard Pat and others sort of say this and on, on earnings commentary, so I'm not saying anything that's not public, is that packaging gets people in the door and then as they get in the door and start learning their, their, their capabilities, having those conversations about what they could do, it, it actually leads very well to and process. And so their hope is that even if they get packaging customers and that's all it is, great, but that that opens the door to process discussions as well. And I think there's a positive thesis to there, again, assuming 20A and 18A 
is quality process like we've talked about before as that's the bar and why you decide which foundry you work with. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to push back a little on that one too because I, I've heard Pat say that. And I'm, I am... I, I, I think packaging is important and it's going to be, you know, all these AI things, chiplets is going to be important, but it's it's the core pro- lithography process that matter, is going to matter the most. I, 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 I think if you had packaging and no lithography, no wafers, it then it's it's a packaging business. It's a good packaging business, but it's, mm-hmm. it's small and you're, you're, it's a very different margin profile. Yeah, you're not going to be the um, number two foundry by revenue in packaging only. That's right, and I think if you had if you had the wafers and you didn't didn't have packaging, you could still build a really good business too. Mm. I mean, there's challenges and problems with that too, but still, you could have a really good business. The packaging stuff is important, and but it's, I don't quite see it as strategic yet. Maybe they can build it into that over time, but I think what's really going to get the big customers in the door the Qualcomm's and the NVIDIA's, what's yeah, really going to get them in the door is, is, is going to be the core process. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's briefly put, put ourselves on the spot with what we talked about a while ago. And I'm going to state this as just, this is just us thinking out loud because I don't want any of the Intel people who listen to this to get mad at me for this point that I'm about to say. But I, I walked away from that conversation and then you know my colleague Carolina and a number of my friends were in Malaysia for the foundry tour of Meteor Lake I, I walked away from all of this almost thinking like Intel's people are gonna get so mad at me for this Intel may be more valued in overall potential as a foundry over than products there I said it I take the hate but I'm throwing it out there to see what to see what you think I'm just that that's a really hard like, do you know what I mean? Like, those are really hard infrastructure. That they, and if they pull this off, I, I just wonder if that's really more valuable in the end than than the products themselves that Intel makes. Yeah, I mean, you you and I have have talked about this a, a fair amount in the past, I, and I I, I I I agree with you. Like, I think the the biggest challenge for Intel now, now that the manufacturing seems to be on track, the biggest challenge is to get competitive products out the door, and. Nothing I saw this week mm-hmm. or heard speculated about gives me much confidence in the in, in the fact that they're going to be have these super super competitive products. I think I think we're going to I think even with the, the you know the next few products, it's it's going to be more of what we've seen for the last two years, three years, where they're holding on to share, they're clawing and scratching for every last little bit. They're yes. probably still going to lose a fair amount of share to to AMD and the data center that's already yeah. built in. Yeah. Yep. I, I think it's, it's not going to change the conversation around AI with them in regards to NVIDIA. So I don't, I don't think anything I saw this week changes any of that. It, it's more holding pattern. Yeah. And I agree. So then the, the big question becomes like, all right, what do we start to see in 25, 26 with the new manufacturing process? How, how much of it is going to be really incredible design and how much of it is just going to be the manufacturing process mm-hmm. carrying the load once again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's too soon to tell on that. Um, but I think for Intel's long term, long term prospects, it has to be they have to get the product stuff looking compelling again in its own right, regardless of the manufacturer. Right, right, and and I think that's. Um, 
I was just gonna say, I, I, I think you're, you're right on the timeline. I think we'll have some signposts in 25, but I think 26 is really late 25, 26 is when you'll know, you know, does process and product really compete with the core leading competitors out there in the market? Yeah, I, I'm going to go a step further. And I, I, I would, because I've been thinking about this a lot the last few days. And I, I think what we're, what we're now in is a place where the world has changed, right? Intel had its problems. The world has now changed in reaction to that. And we're not going back, right? We're not going back. We're in a new world in which obviously everything is much more heterogeneous. There's lots more mixing and matching going on in the data center. And Intel does not go back to the place where they were 10 years ago as the king of the data center. Mm-hmm. And I, I am, at this point, it looks a lot like NVIDIA will be the king of the data center. Uh, maybe, maybe we can argue about that. But I, I do think we're in a, a new competitive reality and it, it's going to be a, t- it's a much tougher world for Intel. I think they they're seem to be doing okay. They're going to hold their own. I don't think they're going to go away. But I do think it's they're, they're no longer the big 800-pound gorilla that they once were. They're important. They're just one of many peers. And I don't even think they're the first among those peers anymore. Yeah. And I think that's just how it's going to be. And again, maybe something changes in 26. But uh, mm. uh, this, you know... I think one of the things we, you know, we work in technology and so we're kind of all wed to this idea of disruption and like something changing and magically the whole market switches overnight. Like we're all sort of in that iPhone world. And I don't think that that's what's taking place here. I think these are long, slow changes. The data center moves surprisingly slowly. It's, you know, it's because they're, they're big and it takes a long time to evaluate and place product. And so certainly for the next couple of years, things are, decisions have already been made. And then by the time we get to the point where Intel could potentially start to have really competitive, compelling products that stand on their own right, you know, we're going to be at a point where AI and GPUs are, you know, 20, 30% of data center spend. Yeah. And so, right. And then you're going to have all kinds of other weird alternatives. It's going to be a very different world. Well, and and I think the point that you hit, which is something I've also been thinking about a lot lately is we're in, so, so the point you made, right. Intel was once essentially, the undisputed and unchallenged leader. And, 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 and that's obviously changed, right? I, I, I don't know, like, like the, the world has changed where if you and I were to say, okay, who's the right now unchallenged and undisputed leader, it would change by a plethora of categories. Like we'd have, there is no one, right? There's, there's many and they, had, they happen to be very domain, domain specific. And even there, it's, there may not be one absolute or dominant competitor. So, so the point is that I'm making is we are in, and this just increases the challenge for Intel, perhaps also the opportunity, easily one of the most competitive dynamics of semiconductors we've ever seen in both product and now leading toward process. Because even if Intel gets there, yes, it'll be relevant. Samsung's going to get there too. There's going to be options in this area. We can debate how good or who's better, but it's going to be marginal. It's like no one of those companies is going to stand out as undisputedly the best in a either product and or process. So, so this to me is just fascinating. I have no idea who emerges from this. I have no idea how this plays out. If I did, you and I would both you know be retired because we'd, we'd make so much money at picking, picking the right winners and losers. But the reality is it's just far more competitive for everyone than ever before. And that's why this makes this so interesting again, compared to the 
the glut of five or six years where you and I were interested in semis, but nobody else was. And now it's like, it's just crazy, like just crazy competitive. So I, I say that just to say it's fascinating times, perhaps unprecedented in the semiconductor industry in a mature, post-mature world. But that just, you know, that just adds to it, right? Everybody's going to have to compete even harder because there's more. It's it's just deeply competitive. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's a, it's a very different, I mean, I, I, I think that's, I think that's what AI has brought about, right? And I, I actually think, like, we shouldn't even call it AI. We're seeing a, well, I think AI is, put aside generative AI and AGI and, you know, science fiction stuff. What we're really seeing is a shift in the workloads, by yeah, the, especially yeah. in the data center, but at the edge too. Yeah. Seeing a shift in the type of workloads that are taking place. And what AI really means is we found a much, much more efficient way to do uh, non-deterministic statistical compute, right? Everything before used to be deterministic, right? Everything when you put an, put something into the CPU and yeah. something comes out. Yeah. AI is much more about statistical, this is kind of the best guess kind of stuff. Those are important compute things that have to take place. That means you're going to need a different type of compute architecture in the data center. And we're going to build all of our systems, especially our data centers, to reflect that. And that's that's opened up the competitive floodgates in a way that we haven't seen in the data center in 20 years. Yep. I mean, really, and client, right? I mean, it's just it's just interesting times. Exactly. Apple's added a lot to that. So, all right, we'll bookmark it there. That was a good dump uh, overall on on Intel innovation. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. As always, send us your questions, your comments, your topical suggestions. Rate it. Tell your friends, etc., etc., etc. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends. I want to give a shout out to listener Chris, uh, who has pointed out that AI is not going to take his job. Because uh, when we all get AI chips implanted on our heads, he's going to be the one doing the implanting. (laughs) There we go. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Thank you.